Hello, we're back with another episode of SME Talk, the small business podcast by Aon, where we discuss all things risk, insurance, and everything else we get excited about here at Aon. In today's episode, we're going down under. Well, not really. We're talking about the very important matter of underinsurance, um, why it is so common, and what the actual consequences of it are. Joining me, I have Stacey. Hello, Stacey. Hi, thank you for inviting me along. Thank you so much for coming back. Um, so you've told us before that you've been in insurance for many years now. Yeah, for more than 25 years. Okay. And if you had a dollar for every time you came across someone who was underinsured, how rich would you be by now? Oh, a millionaire. Well, maybe not. <laughs> but it's really common and even more common uh, for people to not understand the extent of how it impacts them. Okay. Um, well, so... We'll, we'll of course get into that. So before we get into, you know, the reasons people generally underinsure and how, what, what it actually means in the event of a claim, can you just give me a really quick one-line description of what underinsurance actually means? Sure. So underinsurance is when you insure your property or your assets for less than what it would truly cost to actually replace them with a new item of similar make, model or capacity. Okay. Can you give me an example? Sure. I'll use a simple example. So say you have a house and you insure it for, let's say, 200000 If the actual cost to rebuild the house in the current market ends up being 400000 that means the house is underinsured. One way to think of it is, which half of the house did you insure? Okay. And how big is this underinsurance problem in Australia? I feel like it's something a lot of us know about. We've all heard about it, but we also kind of put it in the too hard basket. It's quite a serious issue here in Australia. It's been estimated that about 80% of Australian homes are underinsured. 80%. That's crazy. When you think of uh, the climate we live in in Australia with, you know, ongoing bushfires and floods and severe storms, um, why do you think people do it? It seems so obvious that it's not something that we should be doing. Uh, look, there's a few reasons, I'd say. We're all looking for ways to save money, so I'm sure that comes into it. But I think there's also a lack of understanding of the actual impact of underinsurance. We're all really busy, so it's um, easy to simply pay your insurance without going over the details of what you're, you're actually insuring for and take into account changes in your assets or other factors, uh, such as availability of materials that could increase your building costs, or if there's a natural disaster, like you mentioned, it's possible rebuilding costs could be impacted by the increase in demand at the time. Okay. Well, when I think about underinsurance, the first thing I assume is that, and I, I'd, I'd assume that many people also think this, um, is that it'll only matter in the event of a total loss claim. So if my house, like, you know, something like if my house was to burn down completely, is that the case? No, and this is quite a common misconception. Uh, I've even had someone say to me, they're happy to underinsure their house because if it burnt down, they'd just build a smaller house. But it's really not so simple. All right, so how would underinsurance actually impact a claim where it isn't a total loss? I'll use an example um, again. So say you've insured your contents for 100000 and you suffer an event such as a fire. You find um, out that 50000 worth of your contents are damaged. If an assessor comes and finds that your overall contents were actually worth much more, say 200000 you actually won't receive the full 50000 the um, cost to um, replace everything. That amount will actually be reduced by the percentage you've underinsured. So in this case, because your contents are underinsured by 
you might receive only half the actual replacement cost of your assets. And what if there is a total loss? What happens if there is under insurance? Uh, look, I think again, it's easy to say um, that I'll rebuild a smaller house, but it can even go further than that. So for example, policy wordings can vary uh, regarding how they actually respond with under insurance. So it's important to understand the risks in terms of your policy wording. You may also need to build into you some insured costs to uh, clear the debris, architecture and engineering fees and other such costs. So that by the time you um, pay for all these things and all, this, um, all these things are deducted, you wouldn't even be just looking at a smaller house. It might even be a matter of having to downgrade your materials or even refinancing to finish the build. And remember, as well as um, that underinsurance isn't only applied to property. For example, uh, loss of rev revenue under business interruption would usually include an underinsurance clause. So please take the time to read your insurance documents and to make sure the sums insured and cover are adequate. Okay. Wow, so it's clear underinsurance, um, it's obviously a much more serious issue than we think. How now, how do we avoid it? I think it's all about doing your homework. So when you nominate your sum insured, don't just go off the amount it costs you to buy something or build something. There are other there are calculators online which can help you consider what insured values should be. However, given the importance of not underinsuring, we do recommend you get a professional valuation. And don't forget to review your sums insured every year, as well as throughout the year uh, when you buy something new or make a change to your premises. It's important you update your insurance as things change. Okay, that sounds very reasonable. Um, we'll wrap up there. Stacey, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us about this. I think that was a really great um, you know, discussion on under insurance and I've definitely learned a lot, so thank you. No worries at all, thank you. The information contained in this podcast is general in nature and should not be relied on as advice, personal or otherwise, because your personal needs, objectives and financial situation have not been considered. Before deciding whether a particular product is right for you, please consider your personal circumstances as well as any applicable product disclosure statement, target market determination and full policy terms and conditions available from Aon on request. All representations in this video in relation to the insurance products we arrange are subject to the full terms and conditions of the relevant policy.